it's an honor to be a part of the Gateway Assembly and together here together to worship him. I want to ask the Lord's blessing before we get into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the awareness of the Holy Spirit here in our midst today. Thank you for the love that flows within hearts and minds of this congregation. Thank you because you've made it contagious within us and it reaches beyond the four walls of this facility. You have come and we've received and today we give glory and praise to you. May everything that I have anything to do with be anointed by the Holy Spirit. May you be exalted and glorified. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for your prayers for me. Having walked through one of the deepest valleys, I've seen the going into the valley. I haven't totally seen going out of the valley yet, but the Lord sees both sides. I thank you for your kindness that's been shown to me. But I have a few questions I would like to ask you this morning. Why should this church, the Gateway Assembly, and this congregation continue to exist and serve in this community? Are there things yet to be accomplished? Or are there just benefits for us? Or for whom? What are we doing here? Is this just a Sunday duty or routine? I would like to believe that we've gathered together here this morning and from Sunday to Sunday to worship the only true and living God, the one who created us in our mother's womb. It's all for his glory and his praise. And we're here for such a time as this. You're not early, you're not late. This should be a place where lives are changed and challenged by the truth from God's word. Whether they be preached, whether they be taught, or whether they be revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit as we look into the pages of God's word. It should be a place where people love one another, and I believe it is. And everyone is somebody special, and I believe you are. It's a place where we come to get our spiritual batteries charged and recharged. This isn't the only place we can have that done, but this is a good place where we get to hear the testimonies of individuals who are walking the dark roads of life that some of us have had to walk. And we can have the guarantee that God was faithful to us, he'll be faithful to them. Thank the Lord for that. But once a man or a woman is converted to Christianity, I believe that God has great plans for their life in his service. His desire this morning is for the followers to be a very strong, clear voice offering hope as well as life to the hopeless and the spiritually dead in sin. God's interested in displaying living trophies of his grace. And living trophies to me means individuals whose lives have been transformed and changed. Some of you I've known for some time. Others of you I haven't. 
but all of you have one testimony, and that is what it used to be is not what it is today. Because his grace and his power was manifested in and through that, your life has been changed. No longer the same old person anymore. The Holy Spirit helps us to think like God does about situations, desires, plans. And our life is totally revolutionized, totally changed. That's why we call it being born again, because that's exactly what has happened. And may God always have an outlet through each of us this morning with no restrictions of fear or unbelief or doubt. As born-again believers, delivered from our sins, we have a life to live in this world where Satan is in control by and large. So the life that you live as a believer in Jesus Christ is being lived on enemy turf. Often many people are committed to God as long as everything is going good. But when our trust is in God, right in the middle of our darkest moments, the largest catastrophe to ever hit our shores, something that you're faced with you've never known before, you're going to find the Son of God walking beside you, guiding you. He is there with you. So let me just share just for a little bit here something that I wrote down recently knowing about the service today concerning the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, a person within the Godhead, the third person whose knowledge depends on the revelation of the Father and the Son, from both of whom he proceeds. He was in the world and spoke by the prophets before Christ became flesh and was involved in the conception of Christ coming to earth to be our Savior. Through him, the atonement was consummated. He is the life-giving within the universal church. He is a presence and power to the individual Christian meditating to him. He's mediating of the forgiveness and the new birth, as well as nourishing and increasing and purifying through his personality working in us, knitting him into the fellowship of saints, and finally through the resurrection of the body bringing us to the fullness of eternal life. So how important is the Holy Spirit this morning? He's, he's the one who convicts us of sin. He's medi mediating for our forgiveness of sin. He's converting through the enlightenment of Scripture, makes the teachings of Jesus to be real to us. He encourages us to exercise faith. He assures us of our redemption. In the Old Testament, he spoke by the prophets before Christ became flesh. And through him, the atonement was consummated. Today, he is the life-giving presence within the universal church, nourishing and purifying the personality of the Christian believer. He knits us into the fellowship of saints, 
revealing himself as the presence and power of the individual Christian. And guess what? He's not done with us. Even when death takes over our bodies, there's going to be something of him involved in the resurrection of the saints, bringing us into the fullness of our great gift of salvation. He is important, church, this morning. We are not able to stop all of the adverse circumstances from coming our way in life. There are these things that we have to face because we happen to just be citizens of earth. We live in a body that's under a curse, but we are a free spirit this morning. And I rejoice and thank God for that. But God's not just a fair weather God like some fair weather friends that you might know about. When the tests and the trials come to each of us in life to try to discourage us and as well as to defeat us, you know what God says to us in the midst of those times? Stand up, turn around, and just let everybody around you see how much of me is in you. Glory be to God. Just because you're facing a test or a trial, it's not all over for you. Today, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. God promises us strength for the emergency hour, for the crisis hour, for the great demanding hour that comes in life. Strength for the days of duty, for responsibility, for failing health, or days of bereavement. You know what? Church, in a crisis, there happens to be more of us that needs to be filled than ever before. And since each crisis that comes to us creates a new expansion, there is a new stretch in our life. We're expandable, whether you know it or not. We're expandable, and there is more of him to be given to us because now there is more of us to contain it. So the eyes of faith looks up today to God, who is looking down and sees the eyes of love looking down on us. Our worship of the Lord doesn't dissipate the clouds. Nope. Not those clouds have come to us in our life. You know what it does? It paints them with beautiful hues of God's provision. Glory be to God. And from experience to experience, you will gain valuable information that will keep you standing in future tests as well as trials and make you a great blessing to God and to others. All the resources this morning of God that he has chosen to put in tiny earthen pots of you and me Wherever the wind of the Holy Spirit blows, he enables people to see Jesus better. That's what was happening here this morning. Jesus said he will glorify me. He takes the fuzziness away and helps us to see Jesus in a clearer perspective. The fog is gone. We got to see him for who he is. Preaching the gospel is not a professional work today. It's actually the people's ministry. The Bible says in the book of Acts, they went from 
house to house, right? Spirit-empowered preaching is biblical, and it speaks to the conscience and to the heart. The best way to tell, uh, start a, a debate or an argument is to tell somebody, I believe. You're in for it if you do it. But when you tell them, let me tell you what Jesus did for me, personal experience can't be debated. Not at all. The argument's over then. The gospel is the good news. And if the gospel is to prevail, the Holy Spirit must be allowed to have free range in our life. Giving him right away. So where does the Holy Spirit live? Where does he dwell? Where does he take up residence? We talk about him. But where do we get to really know him? I'll tell you this morning. We are a trichotomous ourselves. Made up of body, soul, and spirit. The body is just a tent. It's a temporary dwelling place. The cemetery is reaching for more and more of us. Never satisfied. But there's the soul and the spirit. That's the eternal part of us. And there is where choices are made. Decisions, desires, dreams, plans for our future. Ambitions are born before becoming a reality. Let me stop here long enough to say I've never seen the real you. I only see the bungalow you live in. You've never seen the real me. You just see the house I lived in. But down deep inside in that spirit, that soul part of you, here the character of the real you lives. It's here that Christian conversion takes place. Spiritual encounters take place. It's here where salvation takes place. It's here this morning where the Holy Spirit resides down deep inside of you. He's alive and real. It's here where our conscience resides and those God-given knowledges between right and wrong is housed. Only the internal things are going to go with us into the next world. You won't have to worry about raking leaves in your yard. They're not going with you. You won't have to worry about that automobile. You won't have to worry about property and land. You're going to leave it all behind. But there's something that's going to go, that's going to be a part of you. Andrew Murray says this, your heart or will is your world, and your world is your heart or your will. And this is the main place where God works in our lives. But I want to tell you, you can't keep it inside, him working there. It's going to show up on the outside. The gospel being preached, the, word of the, the work of the Holy Spirit, the divine pastor of the church is the Holy Spirit. 
And he, this morning, is concerned about his congregation. For he has one message, and that's evangelism. One more. One more. There are those who sow seed. There are those who are cultivators. There are those this morning who are reapers. But it's all for one goal, and that is to see the gospel message preached and the light of the gospel to shine upon our lives. I believe that children ought to know growing up that their little bodies is the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells there. I believe our teenagers must know there is a high higher than alcohol and drugs. That high is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have hangovers from that. So wherever the Holy Spirit is pastoring the church, souls are going to be saved. Lives are going to be blessed. I'm thankful that it can start in our homes. It was at home that my dad introduced me to Jesus Christ on a Sunday morning. Out on a farm in South Central Texas. It was at home in family devotions that the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I'm not against it being a church. But I'm just telling you how important the home is within our life. And I believe this morning that the American church needs to rediscover the convicting powers of the Holy Spirit. No longer saddled with just programs and entertainment, we need a touch from the divine. Oh, praise God. Where we can come and celebrate, where we can proclaim and demonstrate as the Holy Spirit moves upon us to encourage us to lift up Jesus higher than ever before. So wherever the Holy Spirit is in charge, you may be sure that it's a New Testament church. And it's not going to be here when the rapture takes place. It's going to be gone. Because that's the one the Lord's looking for. In Christ's own life, he had been guided in all things by the Holy Spirit. He was led into the wilderness where he declared his sovereignty over the powers of the devil by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into Galilee where he announced his calling in the synagogue in Nazareth where he found the passage in Isaiah and he read it and he said, this has been fulfilled right in front of you today, congregation. Praise God. The Holy Spirit was his enabler in all of his uttered words, as well as all of his miraculous works. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 20 and verse 21, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Your Bible today is authored by the Holy Spirit. The books may be uh, titled by the names of those that he used to work through. But 
It's the Holy Spirit. And here at this assembly, we believe every word of it is true. An emphasis on the word without the anointing or the unction of the Holy Spirit is only going to produce legalism and formalism. And on the other hand, an emphasis on the working of the Holy Spirit without proper understanding and balance of the word pr produces fanaticism. How awful. But maintaining the proper balance between the working of the Holy Spirit and the understanding of the word in the life of the believer is as important to you as the balance of nutrients consumed in your natural body. The Bible imparts knowledge, but the Holy Spirit moves us to act upon it. And when you read your Bible, there's many times I know I have found the very place that I needed to hear from heaven. I don't know about you, but my Bible gets underlined and gets marked. It's not desecrating the Bible. It's just a reminder to me, looking back, as how faithful God has been and what he has done and will continue to do as I keep my faith and trust in him. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin. Sin is the unbelief. And it's very, very upsetting to me today that I've had many a time more than I'd like. And this last week was just another occasion to stand by the bedside of an individual walking the last few steps. To have a friend standing there that had gone to school with them, had lived with them, enjoyed life together with them, for some 60 plus years to tell me I remember when I said something to him about God and he didn't want to hear it he said I just hope something good happened in his life there's only one good thing that can happen in our life may we leave behind the testimony this morning that they know God and God knew them the legacy that I would love to live, leave behind is the fact that my children would know that dad served the true and the living God and that he was faithful. And if it was just to be boiled down into a couple of words, I like this little thought that was said about Barnabas in the New Testament. It's not that the Holy Spirit couldn't say anything more. But he just said he was a good man. And if that can be said about you, thank God this morning for the work of the Holy Spirit. Because it's our responsibility to maintain an environment that allows the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to be productive in our life. That inner chamber of our lives become a place where it is being refreshingly bathed by the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit so that out of the deepest layers of our being comes a surge of holy praise and love to God 
that literally electrifies us spiritually as well as emotionally. Next time, have I got it? A few years back, a Methodist pastor in Baytown, Texas, that I come to know of, worked with his wife. We worked together. And here's a testimony that she shared with me about her husband. On Saturday afternoon, he being the pastor of a large congregation in Baytown, Texas, would go to his study. He would either light up his pipe or light up a big cigar. And that's the way he planned his sermons for Sunday morning. All smoke and no fire. But it happened one Saturday evening, afternoon. He decided not to light up the smoke. But he turned and used his chair as an altar. And while he was there, something within the inner being that he hadn't recognized much before began to erupt like a volcano. And he began to praise God. He began to worship God. And before he knew it, he was speaking in another language. And there was nobody there telling him what was going on. But he had heard something about the church only a block and a half away. So Sunday morning, he gets up to tell his congregation what happened to him on Saturday afternoon. And while he was just telling them what happened to him, Practically half of the congregation, without any coaching, began to speak in other tongues and praise God. He didn't know what to do with the service. He ran out the church door. He went just as straight to the Assembly of God church as he could go, hollering the Methodist church is on fire. The Methodist church is on fire. He ran right into the church and interrupted the service and said, Pastor, you've got to come and help me. My church is on fire. <laughs> Only to get back there and the fire trucks are there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit this morning has a fire to burn inside of us. The rest of the story is he didn't remain pastor of that congregation. But they began to go to the church a block and a half away. Look with me this morning at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But anytime you see where there's a statement being made, and then there is a but, mark it down that on the right side of the but is good news. Okay? The right side of the butt is good news. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always in all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way we keep him satisfied within our life. This is our response back to our God, for what he has made available to us to empower us. And I think we can say something like this, that where it says, and be not drunk with wine, we're in this excess. 
There's a lot of things that can be put there that are in excess in our lives today. And the Holy Spirit knows how to deal with those things that steal or rob from us the fullness of the power of God in our life. So here is a warning. Here is an admonition given to us because he wants to see us with that relationship constantly revolving together between you and the Holy Spirit. And it, you know what it does? It brings forth the spiritual fruit in your life. Constantly does. The Holy Spirit transforms people inwardly that they might live on a level of obedience otherwise unattainable. You no longer, when you get upset, kick the cat or kick the dog or punch a hole in the wall. You don't scream or throw things or whatever else and aren't even swear because you're not the person you used to be. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And as praise and worship and thanksgiving ascends from the altar of our hearts to the altar of the Lord, what peace begins to fill our spirit as we position ourselves to hear his voice speaking to us? For it's through the presence of the Holy Spirit that love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance is going to flow out of our lives. The very personality of Jesus Christ is going to be manifested through our life. No matter what people say to us or do to us, God satisfies us with good things. There will be a compassion for the poor, for the needy, for the sick. There will be ministry of love and acceptance and forgiveness. There will be healing. There will be counseling to hurting and lonely people. And signs and wonders will be done. And God gets the glory. Hallelujah. Here, the Holy Spirit enters our lives at conversion. We're satisfied, but there's something more. We're baptized in the Holy Spirit, empowered to witness, drive the truth right home into the innermost being of those around us, and we're satisfied, but there's something more. We face new emergencies. There's new demands, new pressure, and the Holy Spirit is there to fill us anew so nothing can stand against us, and we're satisfied, but there's still more. The Holy Spirit brings forth the personality of Jesus in us, our everyday life, our temperament, our behavior, those patterns that we once lived by. You know, when we were pastoring in Howell, the ministerial association took turns with the different pastors to do evangelism in the jail. And when it came to be our turn, I went there to the service. I had others who were helping me, but I went there to see the worst of the worst, the one who was going to be perhaps sentenced for life. And I said, Lord, what am I supposed to say to these guys? So I asked them this question. What do you think about God? I got three or four different testimonies from the three or four that were there. I had prayer with them. I go back the next week and the deputy said to me, preacher, what did you do to those guys? 
said, what do you mean? What did I do to him? I, I said, we just had a service here. Oh, he said, we, we can't have a service here. We've got to have two services here tonight. So I asked those three fellows, what in the world? What's going on? They said, that's what we want to ask you. What happened to us last Thursday night? We can't cuss anymore. Something hurts in here. We can't read our girly magazines anymore. Something hurts in here. And we can't even, we can't even smoke anymore. It hurts in here. And I began to tell them what had taken place. We become a new creation. There's such a thing as jailhouse religion. But that's nothing to do with a born-again experience. Wherever you find it, if it's in the jailhouse or the penitentiary or wherever, in the church or whatever, there's a work that God does that is marvelous. We get satisfied, but there's something more. Last but not the final. Somehow, the Holy Spirit's involved. And these old bodies may sleep in the dust. The dead's going to be raised. Now, this morning, there may be some who are here, but you don't want to have anything to do with the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you perhaps can continue on in your routines indefinitely, but what the Lord is looking for is individuals who are willing to be workers because he's not going to force himself on anyone. The word of God assures us that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness are the ones that's going to be filled. God uses ordinary people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, not for anyone's personal credit, no, saying, look at me, no, but for the revealing of God's presence and power that people may know that God is alive and that he's sovereign. Now, in some circles, there is a shallow concept of who the Holy Spirit is and what his work really constitutes. I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit reveals the very character of God. For the Holy Spirit was sent as one called alongside the paraclete. But the tragedy is we often want him to do something that we really should be doing. God's word, the Bible is our final rule of faith and practice. We stand unashamedly on that premise today. The Holy Spirit will never take us beyond or outside the bonds of Scripture. And let us remember this morning that the Pentecostal experience does not constitute a spiritual elite portion of the church nor any church denomination or congregation. All believers are what they are because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, leading as we seek God for what he would have us to do to expand vision and become a meaningful part of what God is doing in our time.
May we yield ourselves unreservedly this morning to the blessed Holy Spirit. God's kingdom is not about earning and deserving. It's about believing and receiving. Stand with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you're not in a right relationship with God, should you be called into accountability, you would have to say, I'm not prepared to meet him. Should you be here in our midst today? We want to pray for you. We don't want to see you go out into eternity unprepared to meet God. This is your moment. This is your time. As the Holy Spirit is the convictor, pointing us to our need and then showing us what we can do about it to satisfy that need. Should you find yourself in that kind of a condition this morning and would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to get it right with God. Would you slip up a hand across this sanctuary this morning? I have no idea who all are here or what your position in Christ is. But I don't want to see one person or two people or anyone else slip out into eternity unprepared to meet God when the Lord is here to meet your need today. Is there a hand? Perhaps we may all be in a right relationship with God. I trust we are. But I'm going to ask you to do one other thing today. Just as Bobby plays for just a few moments on the guitar, ask the Lord to help you to be the person he's designed you to be this week, that you might minister under the anointing of the Holy Spirit like never before. I have no idea who's going to cross your path or what situation you're going to find yourself in, but you're always going to be in need of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, that when those emergencies come, he is already there indwelling you to meet that need that you just discovered. Take just a moment with me this morning, would you? Lord, move upon our hearts today. Help us to make ourselves available. Available to you and to your ministry today. That as we go from this place, we can know the power of the Holy Spirit operating within our life. Not afraid for any challenge to surprise us, but that we would be more than conquerors through Christ who is anointing us to fulfill your will. Praise the Lord. As you go today with your un to fulfill your missionary work in your mission field, may the Lord's anointing rest upon you, protecting, directing, and guiding you to be a success in God's sight and to him alone. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.